welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Detailers, thank you so much for taking your time to listen to this episode. I know you're going to get some great value out of it. And so when you do, I would really greatly appreciate if you take the time to leave a review, leave a comment, and go spread the word to the rest of the community of the value that you got out of it. Take whatever nugget that you got and go let somebody else know where you got it and how they can also gain some value. It's a community for a reason. We all hope to share and grow together. Thank you as always, and hope you enjoy this episode. One. Hey, welcome to another edition of Helping Young Detailers, and we are specifically talking through a financial talk. And, uh, you know, before we get into it, Nick, I know uh, we had some really great discussions last week. Uh, we're going to jump into sort of some groundwork today, but... Uh, you know, what are you seeing around the industry? Anything hopping? Let's see, it is September 1. So welcome yeah. to September. It doesn't seem like we should be in month number nine, but however, here we are. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what have you seen around the industry this week? Well, first of all, I need to address Brandon. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a guy reached out to me by DM. I was supposed to bring it up on an episode previously, and and he wanted me to kind of talk about uh, what I think about detailers repping brands, oh. uh, which, you know, look, it's, it's a controversial thing. It's a thing that people have a billion different opinions on. So Brandon, I, I, I apologize. I did. I messed up. I was supposed to bring this up a couple weeks ago. Uh, but that's the thing that pops out to me. Him and I went back and forth. He, you know, he gave me his point of view as a young guy and what he sees and, you know, what he's thinking. And, you know, that's really, you know, something that we need to talk about. And, and for me, I always say this, do you think Michael Jordan's going to tell you that Nike sucks? I mean, if they paid you a lot of money or paid you any type of money, uh, you're going to, uh, feel a certain way about a brand and you're being paid to feel a certain way about a brand. There's nothing wrong with it. There is something wrong with it. If you don't notice that that is a conflict for you, the person buying the product, if you're buying something because somebody reps a product and they get paid to rep a product and you're not doing your own legwork on the product, that's a you problem. The bottom line is, do I think guys should be repping entire product lines? I mean, it's their life. Uh, I've never once seen an entire product line that was terrific top to bottom. It's very hard to have 25 great products. Mm -hmm. uh, you put your research and development into different avenues and you, you know, you put more into your coating or more into your spray coating, or you put more into your interior cleaner or whatever it is that, that you're doing as a brand. So you as young detailers need to understand if somebody's being paid to rep something, they are not going to badmouth it. So don't be surprised when they say, man, we have such a great compound and we have such a great polish and we have such a great pad and we have such a great tool. Uh, it's okay. They're getting paid to do that. Do I think that that's the future of the industry? The answer is no. Uh, consumers are becoming more wise to that game and it's having less effectiveness. 
inside of inside of industries like ours, it's just not as effective as it once was to have spokespeople. Uh, so, you know, as young people, just just understand, uh, MJ's not going to bash Nike. LeBron's not going to bash Nike. Bryce Harper's not going to bash Under Armour. They're going to tell you to have the best running shoes, the best football cleats, the best. They don't. Okay. And that changes every year. And so the same thing happens in our industry. Some people's coding is really good today. Two years from now, a guy could be repping the same brand and there's a different coding that's way more elite and way better and better for your business and something you should be on. So, you know, Brandon, I appreciate the question. I really listened to your thoughts and I want to say thank you for, for talking to me about it. Uh, but I do want people to understand there's nothing wrong with people you know, repping brands, just understand as a, as a person buying stuff, uh, as a consumer that they're paid to tell you all the good stuff and none of the bad. True. True. Great question, Brandon. And like you said, man, we'd love to have an open discussion about that sometime. I think that would make sure. for some, uh, some really good, uh, well, content discussion points, uh, really great information. So happy to do that at some point in time. Be great. Uh, for me, uh, new in the industry or what I saw, I've definitely got to talk about our training that we just did over at Justin Lobato's shop, uh, uh, JL Showroom Auto Salon, where he is now taking over into uh, the full-on part of the business, bought, uh, bought out the rest of the, he was basically renting a section uh, that was a part of a bigger size business. And now he's been able to go over and take over the rest of the business. So that was cool to see him fully operational through there and uh, had some really great discussions with detailers. You could tell there was hungry people there. You really, I mean, they were, they were hungry to know how they could grow, right? Uh, the premise of the discussion that we did uh, during the training, uh, we talked about, it, we called it, you know, more. How does a detailer get more? Because right now, it, it would be a pivotal time, not only if you're right, if you're on the hey, I'm doing well, doing great side, cool. How do you get more, right? Because opportunity in times like this creates, well, for if you're already doing well, it creates you an opportunity to do more. Uh, sure. And if you're running into a stream that is uh, beginning to dry up and you've got 30 to 40 to 50% reduction in customer base, right? Then you definitely need more. And um, so you could sense from both sides, right? You could see uh, detailers that were coming at both areas. Most of them were still doing okay. Um, many of them were continuing to grow and blossom, uh, but you could definitely sense that uh, they were really hungry to get in and learn and grow and not only do it uh, there at the shop, but actually do it for free. So we came in, uh, Justin went over multiple different stuff. I went over different applications. We had really great discussions, fed them lunch. And, uh, you know, it, it is great when uh, at the end of it, uh, one of the gentlemen comes up and, you know, says, thank you. You know, thank you for doing it for free. Anytime I can learn something for free that will help better feed my family. Cool. You know, that's... <laughs> That's good. Oh, yeah. You know, so and, yeah, we had a really great and By the way, we need really to applaud time. we need to applaud you uh, as a chemical provider in this industry. I think people don't realize that to me that's standing behind your product. I know we use the word free, it's a free training, but you're doing it because you're teaching people about your product. And we've lost that in our industry. You know, people think that I have to pay for the right to learn about their product now. 
And so I want to applaud you. We don't talk about it much on this, uh, you know, podcast or whatever. Uh, but I want to say that guys need to realize that that's the way things were, you know, Barry McGuire built this, built his company on, I'm going to stand behind and I'm going to show you about our stuff. And I believe in our stuff and, and I'm going to teach you about our stuff. And I, I really think it's cool. You do that. And I really appreciate that. I appreciate that. I think that was some of the early times that you and I started talking. It was a mutual thing that we both liked, you know, been doing it here locally since we started uh, free trainings for anybody. So yeah. uh, it's always just been part of the heartbeat of us as a company is to, uh, to give, give, give. So thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Uh, all right. So we want to dive into, all right, if we are talking finances and we are looking as a young detailer then, and uh, let's go at it from both aspects, right? Both aspects, meaning I'm going to jump into this full time. And then another idea, which probably more of what I think you would recommend. Hey, yeah. if I want to go into this, but I, I'm working at a job right now, how do I piece together my finances so that I can build into my business? So, yeah. um, you know, let's, we could, we could revisit that for 30 seconds, right? This is, this is the cool part about you and I, right? Yeah. We both have a lot of similar mindsets and thought processes about things, but because we think differently, right? Yeah. Which we talk about engineering background, mathematical background. Uh, well, I, I don't have that. <laughs> I, have a, <laughs> sure. I have this, uh, I like to take shit apart and figure things out background, you know, like, yeah. Uh, much different uh, ways our minds think, but uh, still headed in the same direction. You chose a path of working with somebody and then running out to, and, and doing your own, which created a, a really great avenue for you. I couldn't yeah. do it that way. And I, my dad and other people also said, hey, you should probably go work for somebody and then build out. But it just, the way my mind was, and not to say one was right or wrong, right? It's just sure, each of us have different paths. Each of us have different directions that we yeah. go. What's cool though, is that either side can be done. I yeah. often told people, right? I often told people, hey, if you could just stay at your job and build it on the side, as long as you're putting enough time, energy, and effort into the side gig, you know, hey, that's, that's really the safest way to go. It's a yeah. lot harder to just jump out with a giant weight, you know, jump out of a boat into the ocean with a giant weight attached to you, especially if yeah. we go into business with a lot of debt, it's a giant weight. And so to trying yeah. to have to learn to swim with a giant weight of debt and no extra income coming in makes it very tough. So from, from your point, man, I, I totally get your side and I, I've told people that also, not publicly out here, but over the past years, uh, when people have asked, you know, how should I step out? There's plenty of detailers that have come through our training that are now finally have stepped out, but before they were working with somebody. So we need to yeah, go so, into both sides of that. Yeah. So, so let's, let's start with a statistic. I think it's what 90 plus percent of small businesses fail. Mm. It's a pretty big number. Um, yeah. If it's not 90, it's above 75%. Uh, it's a huge number. So what we want to talk about today is how do we move the needle in our favor, right? right. It, th th this stuff is hard. It, it's hard owning your own business. I, I know there are a lot of trainers in our industry that, that lie about that or, or don't tell you the truth. It's very difficult. This industry is extremely difficult. It, it, you know, you can make good side money for a lot of years. That doesn't make you a full-time business owner. Being a full-time business owner is very difficult and you have to have a mindset 
that it's difficult or you're going to fail. You need to know that it's an uphill battle. You need to understand that. So financially, how do we move the needle in our direction? Well, first of all, I always give people the number of five grand. Can you save $5,000 independent of your bills and your life and just for something extra? Okay. Uh, and I'm talking to the young guy here. I know there are people that are going to hear five grand and be like, well, I can save 20 and I can save 50. I, I get that. Okay. But we're talking about the young guy who's 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, or 30 years old and thinking about jumping in and hasn't maybe made a lot of money yet. Uh, they're just, they're just haven't cracked through yet. Can you save five grand independent of everything? Okay. Uh, and the reason I use that number is it, it's, you know, 2,500 isn't enough. And five seems like a great number where you're like, this may take people some time. And then you're going to see if you really want something or not. So it's a way to gauge, do you have what it takes? Okay. Because you and I both know if you can't save five grand to do something you supposedly love, the odds you're going to succeed are pretty minimal. Uh, if at all. So use a benchmark like saving an amount to get started. The next thing is the biggest reason small business fails is they're undercapitalized. There is not a close second. That is the number one reason business fails. Uh, think about this. Sears had a, like a zillion dollars. They failed. Blockbuster had, I don't know, billions in the bank failed. Uh, you will fail if you don't have money more times than not. And I mean, 99 out of a hundred, not, you know, 65 out of a hundred. If you don't have money in your business, you can't make good decisions. You're making every decision off emotion. Marty, you know this when you started your business, go look at the decisions you made when you were just trying to make ends meet. And now when you have a little breathing room and tell me what the difference in those decisions are, they're, they're massive. Yeah. I mean, they just are. And again, it's yeah. not, you know, people think about money so they can go buy stuff. It's the freedom to give you time to talk about things, to talk through, is this a good idea? Is this a customer we should take on? Is this a job we should take on? Well, when, you, when you're struggling, guess what it is? I need to take it on. I need to take the money on right now. Like, I don't have a choice. I, I got to take every job. Well, that's not always great for your business. And so one of the things that I want people to realize is save money that's directly towards you starting your business, because it's going to show you if you have the wherewithal to take the time and do something and reach a goal uh, that's specifically business related, right? Uh, so that's the number one thing is taking that $5,000 then helps you buy equipment, cash, you may be able to buy a used truck or, you know, if you already have a truck, you can outfit that truck. You know, we can talk about all that stuff separately, but I like people to go into business with some type of financial buffer in case bad things start to happen. Business is slow. You know, you need to spend on some marketing. You need to spend on maybe your website being built. You know, you have some leeway here. So that's where we need to start is don't go into business where you can barely afford the pressure washer, you can barely afford something to tow it around with. When you do that, you're already stacking things against you. I realize people have made it work, okay? And we're gonna hear about, you know, not everybody that starts a business is Jeff Bezos. So don't tell me the exception to the rule. Let's talk about the rule, okay? The rule is you need money to succeed in business. And so don't defy the rule just because you wanna go into business for yourself or you hate your boss that week or whatever, 
be a little bit more sensible. And that doesn't mean you're not going to take risk. We're just taking a calculated risk and trying to move the odds in our favor. And, and you, you know, let me, let me interrupt you, Nick, because I think it's really great advice. I, I, I struggled for years and years and years uh, with trying to play that catch up role. Right. Uh, Cause it seemed like, right. As, as, as I started building one business, I went into another, when I started building another, I went into another. And so, sure. Uh, there is a very, very practical thing for young detailers to learn is, well, which is what you have said, money gives you options. Okay, so what the benefit would be is, let's say you are dying to start your business, okay? I totally get it. I'm the same guy that you were sitting at a cafe. Well, it wasn't a cafe, it was a Chinese restaurant with a good friend of mine that I was living with named Chad. He was listening to me bitch and moan, just the same as you bitch and moan probably about your job. If you're going through this question, whether or not I run and jump out on my own and start my business because I'm tired of, and you could just go through and list, right? There's yeah. a lot of people that say, I'm tired of working for the man or I'm tired of making somebody else's money. I'm tired, mm -hmm. right? Whatever it is that you're tired of and you're ready to bounce, cool. I'm with you. I also had that. And so when you're going through that moment, the, the wisdom that Nick is saying is he's saying, listen, take some time, right? Start to save. Okay, let's say that you want to, have to jump ship, right? I, I did it on a, literally on a whim. This guy tells me this, and then we're going to some like retreat conference and I'm just sitting at this table full of pastors because that's what I was working at this church and we were doing this fall winter conference. And, and it just hits me and I go, I don't want to be here. We have lunch and uh, I come back from lunch and we do the thing. I'm just zoned out the whole rest of the day. And then, hey, anybody else want to say anything? And I go, yeah, I'm going to put in my resignation. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I can just jump. Which, 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 by the way, a lot of people have done right? It's not, it's not out of the ordinary. It really it, isn't. It's not, but to use the wisdom of, Hey, you know, if I would have had, like you said, let's, let's go with 5,000. Let's say I would have, would have not used emotion and used logic, right? I would have then said, okay, Marty, if you want to do that, then save X amount of money. I, I unfortunately didn't have cool shit like this to learn from. You know what <laughs> right. we would have learned in business in 2002? Well, you, you could have gone to Google and maybe, but I mean. Maybe, look, maybe. Maybe, right? Yeah, but, I mean, and by the way, same, same with me. I, I, was, I was undercapitalized. Um, I didn't have enough when I look back. And, and you know, it hurts you. It just hurts you in so many ways, man. I mean, it's. I can't explain it. You know, it's really, I know people much smarter than me that'll, that'll go look something up and DM me and be like, here's what you were trying to say. But it, it puts you unnecessarily behind an eight ball that you don't need to be, be behind because you're actually starting a business that's fairly easy financially to start. Okay. This isn't like starting a manufacturing plant where you need $10 billion and, and all of this other stuff. So I want people to understand that, you know, the big thing is here, you're in a business where a little bit of cash goes a long way. And let me make something very clear. Five grand isn't very much money. Mm. I know somebody's hearing that number and they're like, that's crazy. It's not crazy. 
because you're going to get to a point in your business where 10 grand is not very much money and 20 grand, not very much money, hopefully. And so what you'll see is it takes a lot of money to run a business. Your truck, you know, I gave a story last week, you know, I had a truck breakdown and I, I didn't have the money. I mean, we had to get the, you know, my, my, luckily I know the guy that owns the garage and, and we were able to, to pay it off the next month, but it's just an eight ball. You don't need to be behind because if you start out with five grand, now I'm assuming you have a truck. Okay. You have some kind of pickup truck for your personal vehicle that you can then outfit into that truck. If you need to buy a truck, then that number's probably near about 10 to $15,000, depending on where you live. Um, most likely you should probably do at least 10 on that truck. The yeah, worst well, here's thing the deal. Would be to do would be buying a $3,000 truck that breaks down in two or three months and you got to buy a new yep. transmission. And, next and the worst thing, and the worst thing you can do is go get a payment on a truck because this isn't the time to have a payment because you don't know what your business is going to be doing liquid money every month. Mm -hmm. um, payments on trucks are not the devil. <laughs> you know, debt is not the devil. Uh, for all the Dan Dave Ramsey types, I'm not I'm not so black and white like that where debt is bad and 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 this is good. There cash are times and yeah, there's times and and by the way, there are times in life where cash is absolutely king. 2008 was the perfect example. If you had cash, you won. You won. Uh, 2008's not that long ago. Uh, this isn't you know I'm not saying hey back in 1948. Literally in 2008, uh, if you had cash, you were able to buy real estate for pennies on the dollar very quickly. Uh, so. Um, there is a gray area with debt, but when you start your business, debt should not be an option. Not this business. Okay. Plenty of businesses. Again, Marty, you've been <laughs> in the car wash world. Um, the car wash world, um, where you have to build massive car washes for a hundred, you know, a million six. Uh, that's a different story on debt. Um, for this yeah. business and the way detailing works, you should not have to take debt out on your business, probably within the first three to five years. Um, you really shouldn't have to. Uh, but one of the things I want people to realize is you got to put yourself in a cash position to be successful. If you're trying to go out there and work for everything and then you have to spend it on your lively, on your, on your life at home and you, and all that kind of stuff, it's going to be very difficult. So I want people to, to realize that that's why we're saying what we're saying. So save that five grand and then let's move on from there. So when you talked about if you're spending too much on yourself at home, you know, let's, let's go ahead and approach that for a lot of guys, right? There, yep. there is some of us, right? There's some of us that are wearing watches that are really nice and shoes that are really nice and yep. clothing and, you know, got this new 70 inch, blah, 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 whatever. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people that live very well. Good for them. Right. Yep. Good. Right. We should all, right. We live in America. Yep. <laughs> America. Right. Yeah, we should. 100%. But if you're starting a business, uh, let's go back to being behind or my analogy of jumping in the water with a giant weight attached to you. Right. Like yeah. there's, every there's bill water. is a weight. Do what? Every bill is a weight on that vest that you're talking about. There you go. Right. Okay. Like the, the more big stuff, the more this I got to have, the more personal things that is pulling finances away from your business as you're starting out. Boy, that's. Can't have it. Yeah. It, it's and, rough. And, I mean, in, in, in most cases, you should be trying to downsize everything. 
Yeah. How do I, um, you know, Mark Cuban, the, the successful investor, he owns the NBA Dallas Mavericks. Uh, he's on Shark Tank. You know, he always tells people, if you start your business, you shouldn't have any personal debt. Mm. That's that's his his two cents. He talks about how he lived on couches and, you know, he kept his expenses a few hundred bucks a month. And so if you're a 19, 20, 21 year old person, listen to this, male or female, find a way to live for under a thousand bucks a month and put everything into your business. And I guarantee you, by the time you hit 25, you're going to be pretty happy you did that. And so when you start your business, you need to control every financial aspect of your life. Because remember, when you start a business, you no longer really have business and personal finances. Everything you do affects your business. Now, you don't spend your money cross-contamination. You know, you need to see an accountant. They'll explain that to you. But what happens is your business is put under pressure with everything that goes on at your house. So if you have a $300 cable package, it might be time to, you know, get YouTube TV or, you know, get Netflix or- Or just not watch TV. There you go. But, you know, again, I'm not telling people to live like, you know, on, on nothing. But what I'm saying is you see a lot of people that, that, don't know how to cut anything. You know, their, 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 their monthly expenses are three, four or $5,000 a month and they want to start a business. I'm here to tell you, if you're undercapitalized, it's going to be impossible. And so what we need people to understand, especially the young people is everything affects your business. So imagine this, you go out and you party on a Friday night and you got a customer on a Saturday morning. Here's another thing that's just not even financial. Well, it is kind of finance related. You blew money on Friday now you show up to your appointment and you're hungover and you smell bad because the beer, you know, you're getting the liquor coming out of you. Guess what happens? Your business is affected by a personal decision. Mm-hmm. Everything you do now starts to affect your business. And so start out financially understanding what do my personal finances look like? What do my business finances look like? And how do I marry my goals to both of them? That's, uh, that's great. That's a great way to put it. All right. So when we're thinking um, on finances and we're thinking, uh, you know, hey, uh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and uh, save some money up. I'm going to go ahead and, and plan to do this the right way. You know, that that's one aspect. Um, and I would say with you, I would say that's probably the, the best aspect. Like I said, there can be a lot of trials and tribulations when you jump out with no backing. Right. So definitely first thing, save some money, set it aside and get ready for the jump. All right. So we mentioned some, Nick, we mentioned some personal things that we should not do. You know, shouldn't buy this, shouldn't buy that. Right. What are some of you think the very first investments into the business that a detailer should make? Well, look, obviously, you know, we stated it. You need to make sure you have a truck that looks presentable and runs. That doesn't mean it's a $40,000 truck. Okay. I have trucks in my business still today that we spent $7,000 on. Okay. Now we refurbished them. The engines were in good shape. They now look great. Nobody knows that we spent 7,000. So we put some elbow grease into them. I have trucks that are well over 200,000 miles uh, in my business currently as well. I'm not telling you to go out and go crazy here, but the first investments you should make are, are simple quality generator. Okay. And I'm talking to the mobile guy because most people aren't going to open a shop. So let's, let's state that most people are going to start mobily, um, you know, invest in a generator. These people are that are like, Oh, you can use other people's power. 
It looks a certain way though. I'm not saying you can't do it. What I'm saying is if you're trying to do this for real, spend the six or 700 bucks on a quality generator, it, it, it's going to last you for life. It's not that big a deal. You know, if you take care of it, it'll last you years and years and years and years. Why are we trying to plug into someone's power? That looks ridiculous. It doesn't look professional. You know, be, be responsible. Buy a quality pressure washer. I'll be very upfront. Uh, we have had zero luck with electric pr pressure washers. Our pressure washers are mounted to our trucks. They're gas, uh, Honda engines. They last forever. We do a lot of work. So I don't have an opportunity for my stuff to break down. Look into it for yourself. I know people spend money on electrical. Uh, we spend it on gas because we do so much work and electric just doesn't last the same. Uh, it's not a commercial use in my opinion. Uh, the next part of it is get a water tank. Even if you're going to go the waterless route, then put a smaller tank in your truck that you can use for really dirty jobs, et cetera. Right. Um, but I don't like the shoestring look of the waterless, you know, where guys are like trying to do it out of a trunk. Um, I think it puts you again behind an eight ball unnecessarily. Look professional when you arrive and people will take notice. Even if you don't use a lot of gallons, look, we have hundred gallon tanks on our trucks. We're very, we're, we're very low usage on water. Okay. We conserve water. You know, we're in a, in a desert area. We're very uh, affected by that. Uh, I'm here to tell you, we don't go crazy with water, but the water and the pressure do matter if you're going to try to do a great job long-term. Okay. Long-term. Um, and then you can start talking about your chemicals and your polisher if you're going to go that route, but we haven't got to insurance. Uh, this is important because things go wrong out of your control. So you need to make sure your truck is properly listed for business use. You need to make sure on your insurance, it says business for business use. I don't know if that a lot of people know that if it doesn't say that you can get yourself into a real sticky situation if you have a fender bender. So it needs to save for business use. Uh, the next thing I, I really say to people is you need to think about talking to an insurance agent and understanding how to protect yourself. If a car gets wrecked, if it gets damaged with, you put the wrong nozzle on your pressure washer and you rip every piece of paint off if you buff through the paint, most of the time it's some kind of garage keepers, uh, you know, plan. Uh, but you need to sit down with an insurance agent. Like we tell you to sit down with an accountant, talk to people that know way more than Marty and myself about these issues. But these are things you need to wrap up. Now you need to make sure before you get on the road, your truck is protected, you're protected, your clients are protected. And look, it's not going to be cheap because you're getting into business for the first time. And usually when you're young, your credit's not perfect. Uh, you've made some mistakes, you know, you've taken out a credit card, and not paying it, paid it or whatever. Um, you know, so all that stuff's going to affect your insurance. Uh, you need to look into an LLC or an S corp. Uh, you know, what works best for you, make sure you understand why you pick the one you pick and make sure you have a trusted accountant. Folks, all this stuff costs money. And all of a sudden you're really quickly into two, three, four, five thousand dollars in expenses. Mm -hmm. And you haven't even detailed a car yet. So this is why we say the money needs to be there. 
and I get people are going to tell you they cut a corner back in the day. They didn't do this back in the day. That, that's all great. We're just trying to tell you the way to do the, do the things from the beginning the right way so it doesn't set you back in year two dealing with problems that you created in year one. That's where you start to lose in business financially. When you're making up for mistakes a year ago, uh, you're going to regret it. And so start these little things off right, because in year five, you're going to look back and say, yeah, it's such a little thing. I'm glad I did it. I mean, that, that's the reality. It looks like a big thing today when you start, but you also know, Marty, the things you thought were big when you first started and now you're like, you know, so handle the small things up front. Like we just, like I just laid out and I'm sure Marty's going to add some things I forgot, but that's where I would spend my money right away. Uh, no, I, I really don't. I really didn't have anything to add. I, I think I would have followed right along the similar path. So I would, similar to what I did, I didn't really invest. I didn't invest really much on marketing at all, except for like, like we had said, a website. It was very generic and basic. Uh, I don't think even websites now, I think you could handle social media mostly as your website. And there's some of those that even allow you the opportunity. You know, you could go into, do some really cheap uh, uh, web design and do it yourself. You don't have oh, to yeah. pay somebody thousands of dollars for SEO, right? It, I don't think that's as beneficial anymore. So uh, I wouldn't even go that far. You know, I would do some of that stuff on your own the best you could. Or, uh, you know, if you want to actually learn about business, then learn about communicating with people. Uh, you want to know something fun? Go hop on uh Something like, I don't know, 99 designs. There you go. Fiverr, right? That's, what, that's where we do all our stuff. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of those that, does it take a little time? You bet. You bet. But like Nick said, well, that's where we, right? Same way. The same designer I use today, I, I found off 99 designs back when we were, you know, revamping about three months into our business and realizing LM solutions didn't really make sense. We should have a name that makes sense for what we're doing. So, sure. you know, we, we chose a logo and we chose a guy, you know, I would think that would be a practical way of going. Um, you don't need to invest heavy into that. I think what no. you talked about is, is good things to invest in. If you're going to invest, let's, let's say this though too, if you're going to invest into some training, but invested into some business training, into some marketing training, into learning how to do the business side less than how to clean carpet, how to spray on snow foam, how to wipe something on and wipe it off. You can learn that stuff. A lot of it you can learn by hand and being out there doing it. Uh, and if you're on a full-time job and looking at moving forward, um, you know what? Spend your nights, spend your evenings learning about that, busting tail every day until you can make that time to make that transition would be my, my suggestion. So, yeah. And, uh, and, and again, the, the, the side gig thing is where you're coming in. You know, at, at the end of the day, you can do all of these things, you know, on the side. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you can do a lot of this stuff where you can get your feet wet a little bit. You know, right. understand if this is something you really like doing every day. Because let me tell you, there are a lot of people I know, young guys that, that, that have called and talked to me and they're like, I'm two years in, this isn't for me. I mean, you just don't know till you get out there. Right. Yeah. Um, 
All right, Nick. Uh, great discussion. Uh, love to continue the financial talk next week. I think this is pretty important information that probably not many people are getting have had a chance to uh, to get to learn. So, thank you for your time that you uh, you take for the community. Where do people find you on social? They want to reach out. Yep, it's Vegas.rides on all social media platforms. Be sure to reach out any kind of question. Marty and I bounce questions off that we get. We have a lot of people reach out. Continue to do it. If we can help, we will. Uh, we're real responsive on that. Uh, you know, we just can't thank everybody enough. And, uh, you know, like we said before, hey, if you guys get any value out of this, you know, please let other people know. Please give us some feedback. And uh, we would appreciate uh, would appreciate that. We'd love it too. So thank you guys as always. And Nick, uh, man, hopefully you have a great day. And yeah. uh, have a good one. See you soon, man. See ya. <laughs> so much for listening to that episode and let me just ask a favor if you got any value out of it right maybe there was just one little nugget that was good for you on the inside was good for you on the outside hey whichever way you tickle right uh any little bit of info that you got value out of would you please go share that with the rest of the community go onto the community page on Facebook, go onto any of the other Facebook groups and just say, hey, here's a great little nugget that I got from the Pints and Polishing podcast. I know the community would love to hear it. I know we would love to hear it. And I know there's a lot of other detailers that could also gain the information. So, hey, be active, be a part of the community. Let others know what value you're getting out of the podcast. Hey, this is Marty, Total Lost Solutions. Make it a great day. Ooh. <sighs>